Welcome to that 80s show and we are back in the 80s. We took a little bit trip last week out to the 90s. Dory refused to come, Dory. Dory, why, you, you're such a purist, <laughs> you would not come to the 90s with us. I'm sorry, uh, you know, you know, I'm strict about certain things. I was listening to the show live though and I had such FOMO. Ridiculous well, FOMO. Have FOMO no mo because last week <laughs> on that 80s show, we took a little dip out to the 90s because we got very excited. We uh, had a ways coming to South Africa. We're like, we got to try. We got to put our, our hats in the ring. Guess what? He came through, did a fantastic interview with us. And Dory, you're right to have FOMO. It's up right now, that 80s show essay. Just search it anywhere or go on cliffcentral.com. You will find it there. Uh, but 100% right. Hathaway comes through to studio. You know, like whenever you interview someone in person, they're always cagey to begin with, completely settled down. And not only was the actual interview that you heard fantastic and FOMO worthy, I mean, because we had it all, mm-hmm. right? He was singing. He still just started singing <laughs> a cappella versions of songs. I mean, what are we talking about? <laughs> what was that about? I mean, it, it, I was listening and I was like, the, the, it sounds like he's having the time of his life. Like, this isn't an interview. This isn't work for him. He's just going down memory lane, chatting with some cool dudes who he's just met, but you sound like old buds. Like, it didn't sound like it was hard work for him. Cool dudes and, and us, maybe. But you, you're, you're so <laughs> right, Dorian. The best part is when we walk out after the hour, we actually even ran over a few minutes. When you walk out, he says that thing, and I'm sure he said it a million times before, but he's such a genuine guy that I, I, I do believe he means it. He said, that was awesome. When are we going to record the podcast? So it's like, it's like, <laughs> he did just go. And then, and then he stayed with us in the Cliff Central Studios for over an hour telling us all his war stories over Woolworth's cocktail platters. Okay. Did we not hear? Oh, we heard it all, Dory. But you could have we, recorded that and that could have oh, been no. part two. No, 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 oh, no, no. Was no. it like not this for was public for, consumption? This was for Barrett and I only. He told us about all his friends. No, no, it wasn't scandalous stuff. He just told us about all his mm. friends hanging out with Thomas Anders. He told us about that. Mm-hmm. He told us about the Freddie Mercury story. Did you Mercury say story. that Thomas Anders is your friend too? Oh, no, no, I couldn't because they are, they're friends, not just me. <laughs> they're real friends. <laughs> <laughs> they're real friends. <laughs> right? So you start going through his Instagram, you're like, oh, yeah, there is Thomas Anders telling us crazy stories about Dr. Alban with this like perfect Dr. Alban impression, telling us about Snap. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the original producer of Snap. We got the power. No, I, I don't think he did things. that song. Yes, he told us mm-hmm. that. Oh, Sandra told us about Sandra. Barrett was very upset about mm-hmm. it. But he told us about Sandra. Started telling us a Freddie. He told us no. Started told us a Freddie Mercury story. Started telling us a George Michael story. But he didn't end the George Michael story. He was like, oh, could have ended that story. Oh, we heard. Who, who else did he tell us about? Everybody. Oh, then he goes. Oh yeah, my friend Rick. And we're like, Rick. You mean Rick Astley? Oh yeah, my friend Rick shows us photo him and Rick Astley. What is going on? This is the craziest day. That that probably excites me the most because, you know, I've got this new thing for Rick Astley. Like, hmm, I mean, if he could, like, you know, put us in touch with Rick, I would have automatically in the old days assumed Rick Springfield. But (laughs) if Rick is Rick Astley. (laughs) Oh, no. So he then. So listen, they're good friends. Phone numbers on each other's phones, friends. Mm. WhatsApp friends. So he's going to be. WhatsApping Rick and saying, I had 
the best interview with the, the most awesome guys that I met in South Africa. You've got to chat to them. That's what's happening right now, right? He told us Rick's very shy. He said Rick Astley's very shy. Doesn't like leaving home. Doesn't like traveling. Likes to be he where he is. He doesn't have to leave home. We will meet him in his boudoir. Yes. On the Zoom. We'll go there. Oh, no, I'll go mm. there. I'll go there. I'll stand outside the window. <laughs> Security will deal with me. But then, Dory. <laughs> now, we were like, geez, we've just had, and, and listen, not only was he telling us stories, that man is a musical encyclopedia. Oh, my word. He just started, and he'll go, oh, no, so-and-so actually played drums on this song, and so-and-so, like, he is like an encyclopedia of music, then starts doing all these different renditions and just breaks into songs of other people's mm. songs. Like, what is going on here? So mm. now Barrett and I, like, this personal Hathaway performance is so over the top. We don't even feel we need to go to the concert anymore, to his gig. Well, like, we've had, mm. we had a way out, if you can be such a thing. Mm. But we go, we go to a, a place, lovely place called, in South Africa called Boxburg, lovely, lovely place, to an outstanding club. I think it's South Africa's oldest standing club called Presley's. I think they've been open for 30 years. And, um, wow. Good, listen, great people. They took such good care of us, VIPs. VIPs behind the rope, behind the velvet rope, Barrett and I. That's how we roll on that 80 show these days. I was confused though, because so Presley's is an older crowd. Okay. It's it's not mm. kids. I think their door policy is no under 25s anyway. And, you know, no under 25s are gonna come for Hadaway. We weren't yeah. sure if people were dressed 90s themed or if those were just their clothes. <laughs> We saw a guy with buffaloes. You remember those? Buffaloes. Uh, hang on. Just describe the them. The shoes. The shoes. So they were these terrible. Uh, I had a pair. They were these terrible shoes that came out mid-90s, early 2000s, about five years, right? Where there mm. were these massive like sneakers, but like rave shoes had those massive soles. And I kind of see they're coming back, but these were like ridiculously massive soles. They were just these <sighs> massive I do remember, shoes. I do know like, what you're talking about. Yeah. Remember, right? Yeah. A guy was wearing those. A guy was wearing those. And we're like, is that his shoes mm. or like is he themed? He had a he had like a, a Michael Jordan dream team vest on. So I assume he was doing like a full nineties thing, right? Because I mean that's ultimate dream there's, team nineties. Uh, <laughs> there's only one way to find out. What are you doing on Saturday night? <laughs> 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 oh, what a fun time. Um, but you know you know what it reminded me of? Do you ever experience this, right? Is that, um, and I see it a lot happening with, gu with guys specifically, that mm. guys hit a stage where they're kind of like, this is the clothes I'm wearing for the rest of my life, right? They don't mm. like move with fashion. Guys aren't fashionable as it is. But they kind of, and I notice it happens with guys when they it normally coincides with like their first child that whatever they're wearing then, they wear that forever. <laughs> and I could, they, <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you notice that? And, and it's I, like you I see know guys you like, mean. you know what I mean? Guys approaching their fifties wearing like tap out t-shirts or like, and you're like, mm, I don't, I don't know. Like, should you, I don't, I don't know. It's not that it's inappropriate. It just goes, oh, you just decided that was it. Like, this is the heights of fashion. I'm not moving. I'm not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Do you, has but, that happened to you? Oh, Dory, you know I'm a fashionable guy. You know me. I love my clothes. <laughs> I love clothes. Has not happened to me. Has not happened to me. Thank God. Or oh, at least I don't think it has. 
<laughs> Maybe I'm living in. Well, delusion. I'm trying to remember, Paula. When I when I first met you, like we we used to work together, as we've mentioned. But you know, some people might not know. We used to work together, and my memory of like when I first met you was you wearing Manchester United shirt and shorts. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, since Batch Night, it's suck now. I will not, <laughs> I no longer do. Also, also the thing is, right? I do try to stay in shape. It's very hard. Dad bod, Portuguese jeans. It doesn't work for you. But you cannot wear a soccer shirt these days unless you're a soccer player. <laughs> They're just not made for the common man. <laughs> so probably in my 20s, it was easier to do. But thanks, Dory. Thanks. Yeah, I'm trying to paint a picture of me as being maybe I'm a little bit of a fashion guy. And then you just ruined it for me. So I really don't appreciate that. But anyway, that was that 80s show. Went to the 90s, but we're back in the 80s. Dory's like pulled us right back, pulled the reins back. So okay. we need a little bit of an 80s palate cleanser, right? Because we're, mm. oh, we went to the mm-hmm. 90s. We had first, what, 10 minutes of the show. We're talking about 90s. Let's have a palate cleanser. Go back to the 80s. Dory and I found something. And what else is going to clean your palate better 80s wise than Kevin Bacon? Mm, bacon. Bacon, good, <laughs> bacon, <laughs> right? He puts out a video. This video is actually quite old, Dory. It is. Tw- it is. I don't know how we have not seen it before. I got a feeling I've seen it. I got a feeling I've seen it. We're going to put it on our Facebook page. That eighty show is a. We've not been posting much up this week. We do apologize. Been very slack. Mm. We've been had away before. Let's just, let's just be honest. We've been promoting the shit out of that interview. <laughs> um, but we found this. Kevin Bacon explains the 80s to millennials, right? From Mashable, from 2014. It's okay. Well, millennials now are turning 40. So they're not youngsters yeah, with Gen Z, right? <laughs> yeah. not, okay. They got bonds and mortgages. They got all the problems. They got mortgages. What? They've moved this out is- of home? <laughs> oh, that's very mean. Very mean, Dory. <laughs> Yet accurate. Uh, this is Kevin Bacon explaining the 80s to millennials, but it applies for Gen Z. This is your palate, palate, this is your palate cleanser to bring you back (laughs) to the 80s. Oh, hi. I'm two-time Saturn Award nominee Kevin Bacon, and I would like to talk to you about 80s awareness. Awareness of 80s culture and technology has been in a significant decline, especially amongst a certain demographic. I'm talking to you, millennials. All you guys born after 1985 have no idea how hard life was. If I was too shy to ask a girl out, there was no okay twinder. I went to the white pages, Google it, and called her house. And then you had to make small talk with her mom for like 20 minutes before Alicia even came to the phone. And let me tell you, when she turns down your invitation to Sparrows, you can't just swipe away the hurt. You want to know my favorite app? Rubik's Cube. I saw you tweet an article about Russia. You think Russia's a threat now? Let me tell you about a little thing called the Cold War. They had nukes pointed at us for 20 years. You couldn't even skateboard to a blockbuster without getting nuked. My friend Tommy went out to rent a copy of Gremlins and never came back. You know why? Nuked. At least that's what my parents told me. Hey, hey. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make a point here. What, you, you guys can't pay attention for more than two minutes? Oh, get it, I've had it. Somebody take this mic, please. You people will never know the comfort of parachute pants. 
supporting 80s awareness, Kevin Bacon, and I think that is a, a, is a good message, a PSA for the community. There's a lot to unpack from that, though. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he, he talks about, like, we had to deal with the Russians. Guess what? We're dealing with the Russians again. Like, I'm sorry. They kind of, they've kind of always been mm. a problem. They're kind of <laughs> not the best. Not the Russian people. Russian people are fantastic. Leadership. Yes, I have a Russian friend. She's amazing. Yes. <laughs> parachute oh. pants. Second time this week, I've actually seen a parachute pants joke. I watched Wonder Woman 84 again. Huge parachute pants joke in that movie. I still haven't watched it. Oh, it's good. It's 80s. It's so... I need to watch the other one first. Uh, watch this one. No, watch this one. You miss nothing. Re- okay, if, if you tell me that, then that, I'm happy to do that. Because I, I kind of just, you know, don't have time for two of them. So I'll no. do that. Then. This one's this one's way better. The other one was weird. Her father, I'm probably going to ruin Her father was, a, I don't know. It was just, there were boxes. It was just weird. This one's just campy, silly 80s. Mm. With, with beautiful Gail Gadot and the guy mm. who plays a Mandalorian, and that's all I need to know. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. Then. And, a, and, a, and a, no eighties music though. They, they don't have any eighties music in it. They have but, like but it library had, type. It had New Order on the trailer. Not even in the movie. There is only one scene where there's like a like a charity event. And there is an 80s sounding, it kind of like flock of seagulls-ish, Frankie goes to Hollywood-ish mashup, kind of like 80s type of thing. But it's not even like a proper song. Mm. And there is no 80s music in it. Ridiculous. Like, like the show. <laughs> the show lately. Very little <laughs> 80s music. <laughs> oh, it's about to get more ridiculous. All right, so that is Kevin Bacon, um, the Millennials. Anybody, anybody can take that palate cleansing. And, of course, that 80s show is nothing if we don't talk about 1980s mu- movies or viewing recommendations. We're calling viewing recommendations because sometimes maybe it's a TV ad, maybe it's a show, maybe it's a documentary. Um, let's not narrow ourselves because we're scared of running out of 80s movies. But, no, we never will. Dory, over to you for this week's viewing recommendation. Uh, recommendation is a strong word. Let's just start there. <laughs> I don't know if you have seen this film, Paolo, but you need to. Because you know how there are some movies that are so bad that they're great. This is one yes. of those. Yeah. You know what I mean. Excellent. Movies that take B-grade, the B-grade label very seriously. This is one of them. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Now, a few weeks ago, we spoke about Ivan Reitman who recently left us. And you went through a list of all the films that he had produced and been involved with, a couple that he directed, Mm -hmm. he'd even starred in some. I was waiting for you to mention this movie because it was on my list to watch. As in, literally just before Ivan Reitman died, my husband said, oh, I've got a great 80s movie for you to watch. And I looked into it and I was like, oh, it's an Ivan Reitman film, but I haven't seen it. And then you didn't mention it. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to like I'm going to I'm going to watch it and I'm going to talk about it. It took me four separate viewings to get through this movie. <laughs> four over the last week or so. This is the movie that Molly Ringwald starred in before doing the Breakfast Club. Now okay. if you think about Molly Ringwald in the 80s, a lot of her roles are very she's like this bratty kid. Right? She's bratty. 
She's bratty in The Breakfast Club. She's bratty in 16 Candles. She's kind of bratty in Pretty in Pink. She's bratty. And I always thought she got typecast as the brat from The Breakfast Club. No, 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 no. No. There was a movie before The Breakfast Club made in 1983 starring, and she would have been 15 at the time. Probably 14 when they were filming it because they filmed it in 1982. So she was probably 14 when they filmed it, 15 when the movie came out. There's some dodginess going on there because there are scenes with her and a much older man in this movie. And they're not, I'm not saying that he's a creep, but it's just there's a scene where they like sleeping together under space blanket. Anyway, and then it kind of changes, and all of a sudden he's like a fatherly figure to her. And I was watching this movie going, what is going on? And I was so confused. And then I read up about it, and it all makes sense as to why I was confused. But let me first of all tell you, it's this movie's called Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Oh, God, I'm all over it. Yeah. I'm all over it. Dude, this is so your kind of movie. Let me let me tell you, this movie is, and these are two films that I have spoken about on the show before. This movie is a cross between Return to Oz. Remember the horrific, nightmare-inducing Return to Oz? And then the movie that I was in, remember? Remember Alien from LA? Yes. The bad, bad B-grade movie that I was in? It's like the, if those two movies had a baby – but Indiana Jones had also <laughs> provided some sperm <laughs> that, that oh, makes yeah. this movie. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, this movie is called it's, – it's described as a 1983 American space western. Now, here's I the thing it. about it. Here's the thing about it. It was one of the first 3D like films in a, what was called the rev- the 3D film revival craze of the early 1980s. 3D – was a thing, and then it kind of went away, and then it came back, and this was one. And of it's kind of gone, and it's kind of gone away again. Can we just stop yeah. with three D? Because <laughs> it was like in the fifties, then it kind of came back in the eighties, and then it came back, and now it's gone again. Can we just stop with it? We we want we don't want this three D. We're, we're <laughs> done with three D. We've tried it a couple of times. Just stop it. We don't want it. No, it's true. That being said, my husband said that watching this movie in three D because he did was. Amazing, which is why he's never forgotten it and said, you have to watch this film. Right. It is, you know, when you can see that it's little polystyrene models with lots of glitter on them, you can see that they've made the model and put glitter on it and it's hanging with strings. On the the Wikipedia page, it says the film opens. So it's set in the early 22nd century. The film opens with the destruction of a space cruise liner. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yes. my God! Yes. And you have to, to you have to see the cruise liner. That's what that's that's oh the thing God. that has all the glitter on it. But you're like, oh my God, oh, that amazing. looks. That being said, for how fake it looks, it is done really well. Where like there's a little explosion and <laughs> it, it's you just appreciate it's that. a thing of glory. It really is a thing of glory, and yet so ridiculous at the same time. In a nutshell, it says yeah on Wikipedia, the film is about a bounty hunter who goes on a mission to rescue three women stranded on a brutal planet and meets a vagrant teenage girl along the way. The vagrant teenage girl being Molly Ringwald. Yeah. Okay. Now, remember I said it, so it, had, it has a bit of a, a Indiana Jones vibe to it. And Harrison Ford apparently was actually originally considered for the role of the main guy, but then he 
he didn't end up doing the role. So the main guy is, is a guy named Peter Strauss, who I'm sure he's done things, but I don't know. He's very familiar in a yeah. way. He's quite a good looking guy. Yeah. So I yeah. looked him up. He was 36 when they filmed this. And like I said, there were some dodgy moments where, yes, it's like a father-daughter thing with him and Molly Ringwald. But like I said, they were cuddling up under a space blanket at one point. He had his arm around her. It was just, mm, you know, I felt a little uncomfortable. And I mean, I have to say, even though, we, as we've established, she was 14, maybe 15 when they made this film, she does look older. She looks, she could pass for 17 or 18 easily. She does look older, even though she's very bratty and childish. But yeah. yeah, like I said, this movie, because initially he's really mean to her, like really mean to her and treats her really badly. And then all of a sudden he's like this fatherly figure to her. And I was like, what is going on? And it makes perfect sense because now I read that after two weeks of filming, a whole bunch of crew members were fired, including the director. And then a new mm. director came in and he looked at the script and went, this is rubbish. I'm changing the script. But obviously they didn't start shooting from scratch. He just changed the <laughs> script going forward from where they were. And so God, everything changed. Like the whole I love mood it when you changed. can actually see that. I love it when you can actually see that in a film. It's like, it's like yes, I know it exactly the point. 33rd minute, the whole yeah, thing changed. <laughs> completely. Completely. I was like, what is going on all of a sudden? <laughs> and it's like they don't usually film – things in sequence but it looks like they did with this one. Oh, brilliant oh my god there is there is a scene where like they is like an obstacle course maze type thing that molly ringwald has to get through and survive or else she's gonna die and and it's so it's so imaginative but it's, it's very reminiscent of the scene from alien from la that where i was you know the spectator to the kind of savage the savage people and who live underground right. type vibe same thing same thing. In fact, at one, at one point, they're in this type of cave, and there are these people who come out who look like they could have been extras on a Duran Duran music video, but they also <laughs> are horrific, like really horrific. Like, like the, I mean, there's just lots of makeup, and and then there's these other creatures who are like dolls that have come to life, but they're the scary dolls from your nightmares, which is where my correlation to let return return to Oz comes. It's just, it's mm. a lot. This movie is a lot, <laughs> and yet. I can't say I hated it. <laughs> oh, There's something. Fantastic. I see, it's so I bad. See Ernie, that's good. I see Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters. One of the yes. Ghostbusters is also in it. Mm. Yes. And Michael Ironside is in it. And Michael Ironside yes. plays this bizarre villain who is like half machine. And it's done very well. Like his costume, the props, everything are done. It's done really well. I have to. Like but, if, in, but at the same time, in a very B-grade way. <laughs> No, but of course, but if you don't know who Michael Ironside is, he's mm. every colonel, detective, lieutenant, general in every movie you've ever watched. <laughs> and sometimes, and very often the villain as well, though, like very often. Yes. But yeah. even when he's the general, he's like the corrupt general. Like he's yeah. just like, it, it, like every movie he's in, he's like, I know he's in Top Gun, I think he's in Predator, but he's always a general or lieutenant and he's just the crabby, stops everyone. That's him. But I love the B grade. We got to do the B grade. I'm I'm all about it. Well, <laughs> if you I just ever wanna, listen to the show, you understand. No, absolutely. And, and you will enjoy this film. You will. But there's one thing that I have to just as we finish off, there's one thing that uh, <laughs> under the, you know, the factoids about the movie. So because it was, you know, done in 3D and everything. So the one of the 3D designers said and this is a quote, said the effects would enable the audience to really feel space. Ooh. 
Wow. Man, and did you, you feel, feel space, space Dory? I felt space. Did I did. It? I admit it. I did. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Jumped in. There's a scene, like, as the opening credits come on, it's, you know, that, like, kind of Star Wars thing where the credits are, but you're zooming through the stars in the galaxy. But there are so many, and they're coming at you so fast. Whew, I felt it. I tell you. I felt that space. Good. Oh, imagine. Imagine <laughs> watching that in 3D and probably on some early exactly. 80s hallucinogenics. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> having all the fun. <laughs> so, the movie is Space Hunters… Adventures in the Space Hunter. Space Hunter, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. So that's Ivan Reitman. He wasn't all Ghostbusters and um, Blockbusters. He was sometimes (laughs) rubbish. And that's, we all got to start somewhere. (laughs) We all got to start somewhere. Is it on YouTube? No. Funnily enough, it's not. It's not on YouTube. But we managed to get a, (laughs) and the version that we managed to, in inverted commas, find, had a Russian soundtrack. (laughs) It was oh overdubbed God. in Russian, but there was the, right. also you could get rid of that sound and like listen to the original in- English soundtrack. But it was literally a guy speaking Russian over the English soundtrack. So you had to try and distinguish between the two sounds that you were hearing. It was very funny. It totally How do fit. you know that's not? Totally fit. How do you, yeah, exactly. How do you know it, it wasn't <laughs> just the version? That's not just the movie. <laughs> we've spoken about Russians a lot in this episode. That's Dory's movie. Dory, our movies are actually very similar in theme, very similar Ooh. in tone. Ooh. Mm, no, very, very similar. So there was a phenomenon, 70s and 80s of the after-school special. Okay. Yes. Um, we, I remember here they would show on a Saturday. In South Africa they showed on a Saturday, but around the world I assume it was always put on like 3 or 4 o'clock just before tea time, and the movies were always like – there were movies, like full-length movies, addressing a hot topic of the time, okay? Normally, like some Tammy Faye uh, um, crusade or tirade against whatever the kids were doing that were corrupting them. It was normally about drugs, sex, drinking uh, and driving, uh, cheating in exams. And they normally starred a soon-to-be Hollywood superstar. Okay, like you often go back and look at the filmographies of like big stars. A lot of them would have appeared in like some weird after school movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember these, right? You remember these? Yeah. I distinctly remember one was about drinking driving and there was a graphic car crash. Like so graphic, way too graphic for mm. children to be shown then on a Saturday. It was way too graphic, but they got the message. They got the message across. Mm. So – Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, if we're talking satanic panic, nothing, <laughs> nothing was more panicky than Dungeons and Dragons. Were you in it? Were you? Do you remember that distinctly? Was I in Dungeons and Dragons or the Satanic Panic? Well, so either do you remember Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> or do you remember the Satanic Panic around it? Either or. I'm not fussy. I mean, not really. I'll be honest. Like, I, I, I didn't really do the whole Dungeons and Dragons thing. I was aware of the satanic panic in terms of heavy metal music. Okay. Yeah. Okay. More so. Because Dungeons and Dragons was always like, okay, like geekdom is cool now, right? And Dungeons and Dragons was like the forebearer of Magic the Gathering and pretty much anything we have now, like mm. anything, World of Warcraft, like anything, role-playing, LARPing, like 
all of that. Uh, but it was always very fringe. It was always like the quiet, what I'm called, were the geeks. Like geeks are cool now, but like what you classically had as geeks. It somehow got picked up by parents saying, listen, Dungeons and Dragons is evil because it was, it was fantasy. It were demons and there were mythical creatures and you pretended to be a dragon slayer or a wizard or a cleric and parents no likey. It was like Dungeons mm. and Dragons was legitimately accused of being a recruiter for Satanism. I mean, this is... <laughs> We're like legitimately, right? If you play Dungeons and Dragons, you know you know what I'm talking about. Like, it's so ridiculous we say it now because it's so culture, so mainstream. But like back in the 80s, it's like this thing was satanic. They had to have a parental crusade. Now, once video games came out, they forgot all about Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, now it's the video games, right? Ooh. So my movie is an after-school special that addresses the evil of Dungeons and Dragons. But of course they can't name Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So they create a a game like Dungeons and Dragons and warn of the evil of this, right? So my movie is called Not Dungeons and Dragons, Mazes and Monsters. A nineteen eighty two TV movie after school special, Mazes and Monsters, based on Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, I don't, I don't know it. it. No. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. You will not know this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, are the three, there are three main characters. One go to college. One is a little bit of like a, I don't even know what he goes and studies in college, but he's kind of like the de facto leader. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a girl who is uh, studying to be a writer. And then there is a guy who's paired, all wealthy kids. There is a guy whose parents go, no, no, no. There is no money in those silly computer things. You're wasting your time. So stop making games for them because he designs computer games. Right. right. So this little crew play Mazes and Monsters. But when they go to college, they need a fourth to play with them. That's just how the game works. I think Dungeons and Dragons works the same. You have to have four. So they recruit a fourth, another guy. They find him. Now, the first three actors, you don't know. You don't know them. Mm -hmm. Actor number four, a few, probably a year away from his big break, none other than Oscar nominee, Oscar winner, multiple Oscar winners, one of the gents of our generation, a very, very young Tom Hanks. Ah, oh, I thought you were going to say George Clooney. Oh, no, no, no. When you no, said no. gent. Oh, gent. I mean, Tom, mm. Tom Hanks isn't, what's Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks is like your bigger brother. Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks is just great. Your buddy. Right? He's your buddy. Your buddy. He's, he's mm. your movical buddy. Mm. Your, your, your movical. Movical. I'll take it. Whatever. <laughs> your movie buddy, right? <laughs> so he is now the fourth and comes into it. And they start playing this game. They all love Mazes and Monsters. Thought we were going to go to college and I was going to play. They start playing. So in it, the girl takes a fancy to Tom Hanks. The leader type guy, whose thing is he wears hats. He, every time you see him, he's wearing a different hat. That's just his thing. Okay. He gets jealous because he likes the girl. So they play a game and they go, you know what? We should do a live role play version of this, right? Where we're going to dress up and we're going to go to this cave. I found this amazing cave we're going to go play in, okay? And we're going to play it for real. But he goes, you know what? I'm going to get it. I'm going to show her Wimpy is. I'm going to set up the cave with booby traps, okay? And I'm going to show him freaking out. And then the girl's going to see he's a wimp and she's going to run to me because Tom Hanks is a weenie. He's going to be big in a year. He's going to be kissing a mermaid in two but right now, I've got to bring him back down to earth before he even leaves it, right? So the girl was this cave, movie? they're wearing the little. This was 1982. Okay. It was 
so just before Tom Hanks became a star, mm. so they go to this cave and they set up all of the uh, he sets up all of these little um, booby traps, and it works so well that Tom Hanks loses his mind. Okay, he gets such a fright that he now thinks mazes and monsters is real. Okay, and he mm. goes, he just lo- he just loses it. He just goes missing, right? Ooh. And he, yeah, no, there's no fantasy anymore. This is his mm. world. This is where he lives. And he creates this whole world, okay, where he has to go on a quest, a quest to the two towers. So he leaves this map for his friends to go find him in the two towers. He goes missing. The whole town is like in a two stunt. We got to find this kid. This kid's gone missing because of this goddamn satanic game because they find he's playing the satanic game it's satanism and now he's run off and they have to go find him he's on a quest he ends up in new york but now his mind he like imagines like vagrants as wizards and he imagines things and he sees things and unfortunately the two towers are the twin towers that's where he's headed to and they figure this out that he's headed towards there Okay. Somewhere along the line, he stabs a man. He stabs <gasps> a man because he thinks this is he, he, he's a, detached from reality. He stabs a man, ends up on the top of the Twin Towers, and he's about to jump off when his friends find him, okay? And his friends now have to act like they're characters in the game to stop him jumping off the, the mm. Twin Towers. Okay. I'm going to post this up, Dory. It is the most phenomenal scene of overacting Tom Hanks will ever have performed in his whole career because now we've seen his whole career yeah but this overacting he breaks down in tears because he realizes that he's now lost it okay Mm. is glorious (laughs) the best bit of overacting ever it'll be on that 80 show essay facebook page the movie oh and then Tom Hanks now, the next time we see him, breaks away. The next time we see him is actually in an institution because now they, he can't come back to reality. Yeah. And no, I mean, they have to show him. how it's going to yeah. destroy your whole life, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Whole, your whole yeah. life. Yeah. And yeah. his friends now have to go and they have to go and play a final game with him and off they walk into the woods of this institution that he's in because now Tom Hanks has just lost it now. He's just oh. like, he's done promising his whole career is oh. gone. And listen, and we go like, guys, geez, we should not be playing Dungeons and Dragons, like lesson mm. learned. It was kind of based on a true story because um, just before this, a kid went missing, probably like three days before they started making the movie because it really looks put together that quickly. This kid goes missing and they find him. He had, he, had, he had ended his life. And obviously they find all his Dungeons and Dragons stuff and they go, well, you see, you see, he, mm. he Dungeons and Dragons convinced him to do this to himself. Mm. And we've got to make a movie. We've got to convince kids not to play these games. And mm. there's a guy called Tom Hanks, and, and it's just give him a chance. And, and it's, a <laughs> it's a mess. Was any research ever done to see if these kind of movies were effective in any way? Oh, good question. Good mm. question. Mm. Um, you remember them as being shit movies. I don't know if they like the message landed, mm. but that's a very good question. But okay, uh, so, so have you watched an awful, relatively new series called Riverdale? Oh my god, don't even! They trick you. They trick you and say it's Archie. That's not mm. Archie. No, it's not. No. I mean, it is, but it's not. But there's a whole Dungeons and Dragons thing in there mm. as well. I don't know if you saw. And they it like all. played in. Well, my wife watches that shit, and I see it, and they play it in real life, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> 
Oh my god, what is going on? That's not the jughead I know. Go eat a hamburger. But honestly, that was where I stopped watching because I, I watched it far too long. I did I did stick with it for way longer than I should have. But the point where I stopped was when the whole Dungeons and Dragon thing got just so ridiculous and over the top. And I was like, I can't. I'm done. No. I, yeah. I'm like, there are kids in that movie. They're like 17 years old. They own companies. They're like run biker gangs. It, it's They never leave. It's just ridiculous. It's a goddamn mess. It's they a goddamn never mess. in school. Never in, never school. in school. Ever. Ever in school. Yeah. God. I just want to see Jughead just like eat a ha- like a wheelbarrow full of hamburgers. I, I get none of that. <laughs> Betty, Veronica. No, it's bullshit. It made me angry yeah. now thinking about Riverdale. Okay. Me, but, it, let's but take a break. And we've let's just, just learned. We, no, we just stop. And so, so hopefully um, you're not going to be inspired to uh, join the occult after playing Dungeons and Dragons or Magic the mm. Gathering or anything. They mm-hmm. try to warn us. They try to warn us and their warnings were nonsense. Um, so that is two B-grade movies, Space Hunter, Adventures in the v- Forbidden Zone, and Mazes and Monsters starring a young Molly Ringwald and then a young Tom Hanks. Mm. I mean, this, this is, is the this is the closest we've been to having almost the same movie because we've never we've never had the same movie. I'm willing to bet that if you watch my movie and I watch your movie, I'm willing to bet there are exactly the same scenes in these movies. <laughs> <laughs> my movie is on YouTube. Sign of, of a great B grade movie that that don't even bother <laughs> taking it off. Just leave it on. Whatever. We don't care. Rather, just I need people to see make- our art. I'm going to make my own YouTube playlist of all the bad movies that we've spoken about on the show that I have yet to watch, especially Hard Ticket to Hawaii, which I still have not got around to watching. That's (laughs) what we'll be doing. That's what we'll be doing. So that is our film, movie, recommendations, non-recommendations, public service announcements, whatever you want to take it. We're going to go into the lovely, warm, and moist Wham Corner. And Dory, do I have something? You're going to... Hate it, then you're going to love it. Okay. This is That 80s Show, and um, Dory is not a fan of the new kids on the block. And I'm glad you remember that fact, always. I remember. I always remember that fact. They're back, though, Dory. Do you know that? They're back. Like Backstreet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, funny funny you say that. So, they are back. New kids on the block. Block new song released a week back, right? Mm. Bring back the time. It's called Bring Back the Time, Dory. Now, I want you to just we can't play it, so, so I don't want any music coming through. You can listen yeah. to it your own time because it is catchy, it is very catchy. <clears throat> now, the link I sent you, you're going to click on it, it's going to give away what it is, right? Because you're going to see who's featured in the song. Okay, so I want you to yes. turn the volume down on your computer, click play, and this is New Kids on the Block, Bring Back the Time, the music video. Dory's going to watch it, and we're going to do a little bit of a watch along. There's this like weird little thing. There's a guy up front talking world premiere. He must be somebody from the late 80s, 90s, who I don't reckon, recognize right now. And then New Kids on the Block pop up looking like Journey. <laughs> okay, I've muted I've muted the video. I've muted the video, but I'm not muting myself. Oh my god, is that Steve Perry? <laughs> yeah, that, it's a guy that looks like Steve Perry. Oh my god, and then all these other people just appear. 
So sideways, that's the that's all the new kids. Glance. That's all the new kids, and they're they, they're doing a scene for scene recreation of um, "Don't Stop Believing" the music video. Okay, I see it. But I see what, it. Then suddenly they switch into who do they switch into next? Story. Oh my god, Devo. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then <laughs> flock of seagulls <laughs> but the, i don't know oh, madness, madness, madness 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 yes. then then, then, okay. then then they do a madness video but who's yeah. that that is, who is that? not who is that oh my god well, then sorry, it's twisted the sister no 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 go back to madness wait i've got to go back, go to, back madness. to madness wait i've got to go back to madness and i'm pausing it pause it who is that in the tuxedo you got to. It's on that eighty show SA Facebook page, because new kids on the block bring back the time featuring Salt and Pepper on Vogue and Rick Astley. That's Rick I Astley. I thought it looked like Rick Astley, but I was like, "That's not Rick that's, Astley." But it looks like him. Oh, that's Rick Astley. If when, okay. when you listen, you can hear it's him. Um, it, it, of course, it is him. Yes. So it features. So yeah, so new kids on the block with. Uh, but he's salt dyed and pepper, his Rick hair. Astley. Like he's made himself look yeah. like like Suggs from Madness. Chest, chest nutty um, and then you're right then it goes into Twisted Sister there's a Robert Palmer takedown um, later on we get into Salt and Pepper on Vogue so all the videos featured in here okay hang on who are, is that pretending uh, to be Robert Palmer though that's one of the um, new kids he was oh, okay. the youngest new kid remember okay. there was like a new kid who was 15 he was their no, cousin or something no I didn't pay a lot of attention it's okay. him okay so so in it they they so so it's a whole mission. Oh my god, Billy Idol of them. Billy Idol. They recreate a whole bunch of eighties music videos. Journey Separate Ways, Twisted Sisters, We're Not Gonna Take It, I Ran by Flock of Seagulls, Beat It by Michael Jackson, Devo's Whip It, Rio by Duran Duran. That's when they're on that little ding, rubber dinghy. Billy Idol, Madonna's Vogue, Addicted to Love, and later on Tony Basil's Mickey. And the song oh is God. not bad at all. We even have um, uh, Max Headroom is in it. They even do Don. I think Donnie Warburg's the, the 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 main the main singer. He's dressed up as Max Headroom. This outstanding stuff, Dory. How can you cannot hate New Kids on the Block after watching this? And it's it's a great song. I mean, well. I have to say, <laughs> I mean, I like you said, I, I am watching it with the sound off. I'm I'm ke- I'm keen to like you know hear it with the sound on. I'm intrigued. I also like it's the sentiment. N- I, 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 I of course, appreciate the sentiment. Song. Bring back the time. You know, like it's not you know, the eighties should come back. I understand. I'm actually going to do. I'm actually. I'm actually going to play a little bit here. Take just take a listen. Just take a listen. Little listen to about the song. It's not the worst. Mm, maybe. So, it's okay. not. It's not the worst. It's I'll give it. A, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. <laughs> you, you know what it is, what I like about it. And it's it's even the same thing w- with Hathaway. Know who you are. This is who mm. you are. I'm not going to try to pretend we were big in the 80s. What it actually is about is that um, uh, Hathaway, not Hathaway, New Kids on the Block, on Vogue, um, and uh, uh, not Rick Astley. I don't think Rick Astley is involved. And Salt and Pepper, they're actually going on a tour. There's actually a tour this summer, a kind of like 80s and 90s tour featuring all these guys. Um, I'll put that uh, promo on that 80 show say Facebook and I want to go. I want to go to this thing and it looks like a lot of fun. Um, Mark or Dad, wait, who's the Warburg? Who's the famous superstar? Donnie and Mark are the Warburgs. Mark Warburg. So Donnie Warburg is the one who's in with Tom Selleck, right? In that TV show with Tom Selleck. He 
in this promo video, he reprises that character's role. So he starts off playing that guy and then he gets these secret documents of everyone now getting like an invitation to go on this concert tour. I want to go. You want to go? So that is New Kids on the Block. (laughs) They're back. That's a fun song. I'm there for Rick Astley. You can stop watching after Rick Astley. He's having a great time. Bring back the time. And we felt that we had to do this because we had our 90s last week. It was phenomenal. Palette cleanse back in the 80s. Public service announcement from um, Kevin Bacon. New Bring Back the Time back in 89 from New Kids on the Block. Terrible, shitty movies that you can only make in the 80s. So I feel (laughs) we're back. We're back in the 80s. Everything you heard today on that 80s show essay Facebook page. Dory, what have you learned? Oh, so much to learn. But oh my goodness, where do week? I start? Where do I start? <laughs> I mean, I learned so much from my movie in the first place. You know, know. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm. And then I learned about your movie and found out that Tom Hanks had done this really <laughs> crazy sounding role. <laughs> <sighs> um, I also learned that Kevin Bacon never goes out of style. Mm. I learned I that Russians don't change. Russians just, oh. they don't change. Russians are Russians. Russians, Russians are Russians. Are gonna, gonna, I think that's, that's the main rush. lesson. Russians are Russians. Russians are going to rush. So many lessons, actually. How can you pinpoint <laughs> one? I think Kevin Bacon never goes out of style. I think that's the thing. I think we mm. are all, every generation is linked by a separation to Kevin Bacon. And I think that's our <laughs> lesson. <laughs> so everything uh, again that 80 show essay on Facebook get the podcast cliffcentral.com or just search that 80 show essay anywhere and you'll find it Hadaway interview plus loads of very very cool interviews an amazing one happened just yesterday uh, we'll be playing them out in a couple of weeks time thanks for joining me Dory goodbye bye